Welcome to Self Talk Show, a captivating exploration of entrepreneurship, marketing and personal growth. Today we have a visionary guest who weaves magic into the marketing landscape. Sunny Mega, the mastermind behind Sunny Mega Marketing. Imagine a world where solo entrepreneurs and startups defy expectations and achieve unparalleled success. Sunny's strategic marketing techniques unlock this hidden potential, propelling dreams into reality. But Sunny's expertise goes far beyond marketing. As a TEDx speaker, she ignites stages with her electrifying presence. Her love for houseplants and podcasts fuels her creativity, infusing her work with an unparalleled zest. Having collaborated with renowned brands like Starbucks, Toronto Raptors, and PepsiCo, Sunny has triumphed over formidable challenges, transforming adversity into triumph. In this episode, we uncover Sunny's secrets to marketing success for entrepreneurs and startups. We dwell into her extraordinary journey, explore her unique approach, and extract valuable lessons along the way. So get ready to embark on an exhilarating adventure of inspiration and growth as we dive into this enthralling conversation with Sunny Mega. Welcome Sunny, I'm incredibly honored to have you join me on Self Talk Show where meaningful conversations come alive. Your expertise in strategic marketing and your captivating journey in the marketing space make your presence truly special. I'm sure your insights, wisdom and passion are bound to touch the hearts and minds of our listeners. So without any further ado, let's begin your interview. Could you tell us a little about your background and what initially sparked your interest in the field of marketing? I think I was born to be both an entrepreneur and a professional marketer. I like to say that I was raised in a family of professional optimists and adventurers. Some of my first memories in life are um, my brother and I listening to my dad speak. He loved to talk about Winston Churchill in particular and Dale Carnegie. And I remember being a very little girl and listen, listening to him recite quotes from Churchill in particular, never give up, never, never give up, never, never, never give up. And I think that that has gone on to be almost a guiding light in my life, how I live my life, and certainly in my career as an entrepreneur. And my mom, my mom was a kindergarten teacher and she had no tolerance for the word boredom. In fact, it was worse than a swear word in my house to say the word boredom or I'm bored. It uh, just, it, it incited almost rage in my lovely mother. And what she would do for my brother and I um, is she would never get us coloring books or kits or anything of that nature. She would give us blank pieces of paper and, and crayons and, and markers. And we were taught to create our own, create creations, create our own creations, create our own designs, color outside of the lines. And that really helped me, that helped inform the way I see the world, the way I see creativity, the way I see entrepreneurship and startups and marketing opportunities. Um, it really impacted my creativity as a whole and how I go about my life. It's truly remarkable. I wholeheartedly share your father's belief that we should persistently pursue our dreams and goals regardless of the rejections or obstacles we encounter. And besides, we can't give up on something that truly matters to us, right? What inspired you to focus on helping solo entrepreneurs and startups with strategic marketing techniques? 
I've been fortunate to spend most of my professional career working in an industry that I love, working in marketing. And I have enjoyed it as much recently as I did right at the beginning, almost 25 years ago. Um, as noted, I've worked for some of the biggest brands in North America and some global brands. I've worked for Starbucks and the Toronto Film Festival, both Coke and Pepsi and Ford and GM, Greenpeace, Alliance Films. Um, it's been a real, it's been a real privilege and uh, great learning to work for these interesting and dynamic brands. And I was very fortunate that I became a creative director just before I turned 40. And this was at a time when only 3% of creative directors were women. Now I think we're up to about 11%, still not a very impressive number at all. But when I became a creative director um, and only 3% were women, it was, it was really quite an honor, quite a privilege. I was, I was very, very pleased with that accomplishment. But I noticed something interesting at that time, that the higher I got up the ladder, the less connected I felt to my purpose and to my values. Now, I should note that on paper, being a creative director for these agencies was a wonderful thing. I had big budgets. I had famous clients. We went to award shows. I had big teams of people. It was a pretty exciting time. So it was much to my surprise that I was feeling disconnected from my purpose and my values and it felt out of character to be doing what I was doing. And I had uh, an aha moment, uh, a moment that drew a line in the sand for me and I'll share it with you. I was working for a, um, a company that will remain nameless. I was creative director for, it was a, a snacks company and on our staff we had access to someone who was a psychologist who helped us determine when working mothers felt most guilty during the week. So when working mothers were just downtrodden and feeling like they hadn't done enough for their families or for their work. And this is a common, a common thing with, with working mothers. I hear it all the time. And why we wanted to know when they felt the most guilty was so that we could sell them the most colorful soda pops and the most salty snacks and the most sugary snacks. So I realized that we were really taking advantage and exploiting these vulnerable women and it just didn't sit well with me. So once I realized that, I actually resigned that week from that role and I never looked back. And that was about 10 years ago and since then I have been very fortunate to be working in entrepreneurship, sometimes at the helm, sometimes part of a team, but always working within the realm of startups. Interesting and very inspiring. How do you approach marketing for solo entrepreneurs and startups differently from established brands? The demographic I work with almost exclusively now is women in their prime, women entrepreneurs in their prime. And what do I mean by in their prime? Well, it's a term that I've coined that used to be called women in middle age. And I just found that a little antiquated, a little negative. And I think that women in their prime is much more empowering. And so that's how I describe my ideal demographic to work with. Another reason that this is an incredibly appealing demographic is that women know women. Women in North America make 85 to 90% of purchase decisions and women know what other women want. Women also communicate on average 6,000 words a day where men communicate 2,000. So we are great communicators. We tell each other what we want, which makes for excellent entrepreneurs. 
And finally, women in their prime are often seen as underdogs. They're kind of underestimated, and that can be an absolute superpower. An example I love to give is how society has changed, has evolved in how we see women in their prime just simply in the last generation. If you can think back to a generation ago, um, close your eyes and picture in your mind's eye the Golden Girls, the TV show from, I believe it was the late 80s. Now those women, they were blue haired, they wore cardigans, they were old. And now, these days, the women from Sex and the City are the exact same age as those Golden Girls were. That's right, age 53 to 56. And that is a poignant example of how differently we see women in their prime. Well, you have brilliantly coined the term women in their prime time. Moreover, this specific group is absolutely flourishing in every aspect. They're excelling in various roles and their success is evident for all to see. What are some common mistakes that solo entrepreneurs and startups make in marketing and what advice would you give them to avoid these pitfalls? Common mistakes that entrepreneurs make. I get asked this question so often and I've thought about it a lot and I my answer is is definitive. I believe that an entrepreneur can have an incredible product, can have a great team, can have funding out the wazoo, can have a business plan that has been vetted and revised and is pristine. But with all those things, if an entrepreneur or a startup founder does not have a success mindset, then it is all for naught. And this is precisely why I've come up with a framework for a success mindset for entrepreneurs. I call it the You Slay Framework for Entrepreneurial Success. That's You Slay, as in the word you, S-L-A-Y, and it's an acronym. The U is for you must believe in yourself. You have to have unwavering belief and confidence in your abilities. S is for your squad. Now we know that we are the sum of the five people that we spend the most time with. Now that is not the five people we like the most or the five people we enjoy the most, but rather the five people that we spend the most time with. So it's important to curate that squad carefully. And I like to say that you want to, as much as possible, remove toxic people from your life. Now, this does not mean that you should never hear challenging words or difficult feedback, but you should make sure that the people you are taking feedback from really care about you and want to see you succeed. The L in the You Slay framework stands for being laser focused on your goals. And one of my favorite goal setting techniques has been iterated from the one and only Warren Buffett. And it goes something like this. Once you've set your goal, you want to think about 10 or 15 things that you can do that will help you get towards your goal. So 10 or 15 steps or items that will help you move towards your goal. That's number one. Make a list of those items. Step number two is to itemize them. Put them in order of what you think is the most important thing you can do down to the least important thing you can do. And this is where you should spend some time. So number one through 15 of the things that you can do to hit your goal. And then the third thing you can do is you take that list between one and 15, take the top three and throw the rest of them out. Take those other 12 and never look at them or think about them again until you've nailed the top three items that are going to move you towards your goal. This helps you keep the main thing, the main thing. 
The A in the USLAY framework stands for action. Have a bias toward action. Over COVID, I had the pleasure to take Seth Godin's Alt-MBA course, and one of the key findings was the term ship it, meaning get your idea out into the world. Ideas that are sitting on your desk or sitting in your drawer are worth nothing. Have a bias towards action. Ideas are a dime a dozen. Action is what differentiates the successful people from the people who never make a move in the world. And the final letter in the You Slay framework stands for your expectations. I believe that all good things in life stem from having high expectations and they must be yours. They can't come from outside. They can't be exterior expectations for them to really work and really be powerful. They must be your expectations. An expression that I love comes from Jim Collins and it's called having a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG. And everyone who's starting a small business or an entrepreneurial endeavor should have a BHAG. Your goal should scare you a little bit. After all, there's just no point in having a mediocre goal or something that you know you can achieve. Where's the excitement in that? So that's my USLA framework for startup success. Wow, this framework is truly exceptional. One of the most remarkable I've ever come across. It's absolutely outstanding and has the potential to make a significant impact. As a TEDx speaker, how has this experience influenced your work in marketing space? I delivered my first TED Talk in 2018, close to Toronto, Canada, in a town called Collingwood. And the topic I spoke about was building grit through hard travel. A little background on that. In 2017 and 2018, my husband and I took our three kids who were young teenagers. Actually, my daughter was nine and I had an 11 year old and a 12 year old. We took our kids around the world backpacking for one year. And we did this in a very minimalistic fashion. We wanted to show our kids how people really lived around the world. So we focused our time on small towns and living how the people really lived. So we avoided tourist areas. Uh, we visited 19 countries and 16 of them were developing nations. So our kids saw some really different things and we did too. We each traveled with one small backpack, a seven kilo backpack, um, which essentially had uh, a couple of changes of clothes. And we stayed in 94 different residences in that year and only three of them were hotels. So the rest were hots, huts and hostels. We stayed in a tree house, we stayed on boats and it was a real true adventure. And there's no question in my mind that this experience helped me become a better entrepreneur in a few ways. Most poignantly, uh, planning and pivoting. We know that travel, especially this type of travel, has a huge element of surprise and uncertainty, as does entrepreneurship. So you can have the best laid plans, but you know sometimes they're not going to work out and you're going to need to pivot. Related to that is problem solving and patience. If you've ever traveled the local travel in Southeast Asia, for example, you know that you need to bring all of your patience with you as is the same with entrepreneurship. You might think that your new innovation is going to take off and the world is going to love it and you're gonna be met with a round of applause and yet you are greeted with nothing but crickets and you have to start again, you have to try again, you have to problem solve and you have to exercise all your patience to try again. And finally, this adventure helped me 
see the world through more purpose-driven eyes. An example that I like to refer back to is that my children, our children, really noticed that the happiest people we came across were in some of the poorest countries. In the mountains of Nepal, we saw families who worked together from the littlest of kids to the grannies and the great grannies. They all woke up in the morning with a sense of purpose, a sense of what they had to do to help their family to prosper and to be successful. And although the purpose that I'm speaking of now at home in my lovely Toronto life is far cry from the purpose I experienced in Nepal, it is purpose nonetheless. It's purpose that supersedes money. It's purpose over paycheck. And that has really helped me and I, I plan to have it stick with me for the rest of my life. And as for the TED Talk, I think one of the most important skills any entrepreneur can master is public speaking. Actually, that might go more broadly. Anybody at all who is going to be in the public sphere, public speaking is such a superpower that I really do believe anyone can hone and master. I would encourage anyone who has the opportunity or even the inkling to deliver a TED Talk to go for it. It is different than any other public speaking you might have done. So as a creative director in marketing, I've spent many an hour pitching ideas to boardrooms full of people and sometimes really grumpy clients who didn't want to be there, highly opinionated people, and I learned to love it. But delivering the TED Talk was something quite different for me. And one of the strategies I used was something that not everyone would be down for. So I take it with a grain of salt, but I decided to approach it like an acting experience. I memorized my talk, every single word. I wanted to hit every single syllable, every single pause. So I practiced and I practiced and I practiced some more. And what I did specifically was I practiced in increasingly challenging and intimidating situations. I started by writing my talk and then practicing it by myself, walking alone, then in front of my dog, who was fortunately not judgmental at all. And then I did it in front of some colleagues and some friends. And every time I did it, I, it was a little bit more intimidating, which was incredibly helpful for when I got up on that stage, on that red dot in the spotlight. And for me, all the practice paid off. I didn't miss a word. I didn't miss a beat. My cadence was exact, exactly what I wanted it to be. It was 13 minutes and 40 seconds, just exactly as I had practiced it. And like most TEDx speakers, I'd say it was just a fantastic opportunity and accomplishment. And being a speaker for TED, it fortified my belief in being able to achieve my hard goals. I believe traveling really expands our horizons. It transforms our perspective on people, the world, and even ourselves. It exposes us to diverse cultures, fostering empathy and understanding. Additionally, as you mentioned, it's important to highlight that many of the happiest people can be found in developing countries. Also, through exploration, we gain a deeper appreciation for the beauty and interconnectedness of our global community. You describe yourself as a zealot for houseplants and podcasts. Can you tell us more about your passion for these two areas and how they influence your work? I am indeed a zealot, an enthusiast for houseplants and podcasts. 
Being an entrepreneur can be completely all-encompassing. When I'm working on a project or thinking about a project, it is really taking up almost all of my headspace and I actually love it like that. I think about it first thing in the morning as I'm drifting off to bed, in the shower, on my walks with my dog. However, at the same time, it really is good to be able to clear your head and do something completely different. It actually helps you solve those problems. So gardening for me is more than a hobby. It's something that I found a few years ago and it's called a flow state. I don't know if you've heard of, his name's Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He's a Hungarian American psychologist and he did a TED talk in 2004 on the idea of the flow state. And I highly recommend watching it. It's, it's quite interesting, quite impactful. And a flow state in essence is finding something that you love to do that you actually lose track of time while you're doing it. You might even forget to eat a meal. You might really lose track of everything around you and just get right into the zone. It's almost meditative for me to be gardening. And once I come out of that flow state, I feel absolutely refreshed and I feel ready to conquer the world. So I really do think that having something outside of your core responsibilities or your core competencies as a professional is very, very important, more than just having an outside hobby. And podcasts, well, podcasts are on the other end of the spectrum. I love podcasts because they are free education and you can access them essentially anytime you want. We have access to the brightest minds in any industry um, through these podcasts. Some of my favorite podcasts currently are Amy Porterfield, Jenna Kucher, The Duo Collective, they are small but mighty. Um, of course, Tim Ferriss, he's in a league of his own, John Lee Dumas and Brendan Bouchard. I fully agree with every word you said. What are your future plans and goals for Sunny Mega Marketing? Are there any exciting projects or initiatives you are currently working on or planning to pursue? I currently offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching to some really brilliant and ambitious women entrepreneurs. And one question I was getting asked often, frequently, was about content creation. So recently I launched a mini course called Content Creation on Fire. And what it is, it's a guide to making 50 or more pieces of content from just one idea. It is a rapid fire course for content creation. And I made it step by step so that there's no guesswork. I like to think that it is failure proof. And if you'd like to check it out, please just head over to my website. It's thesunnymaga.com. I'd also love if you'd connect with me on socials. I'm very active on Instagram, on TikTok, and on LinkedIn. And any upcoming speaking engagements or opportunities to work together will always be posted there first. I encourage our listeners to visit Sunny's website and explore her content creation course. You can find the link to her website in the episode description too. What message or advice would you like to share with our listeners, especially who are solo entrepreneurs or aspiring marketers? The best advice that I can offer to a budding entrepreneur is the best advice I've ever received and it's start before you feel completely ready. Too many entrepreneurs wait until they have every little thing figured out, every scenario, every possibility, and it just slows them down from getting started. 
The best way to learn about entrepreneurship and small businesses is to start. I love the expression, you cannot learn to drive a car while sitting in park. And the same thing goes for launching a business. It's about progress over perfection. I can't stress enough how important it is to put your idea out into the world, to get real world feedback, to iterate and to launch again. Done is so much better than perfect. So in summary, if you have an idea that is firing you up and you can't stop thinking about it, go for it. Start now. Thanks very much for having me. That's a wonderful message. Thank you so much for your time. It was lovely having you on the show. As we come to an end of this captivating conversation with Sunny Mega, we are left with a wealth of insights and inspiration. Now it's your turn to take action. Reflect on the wisdom shared by Sunny and apply it to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur, a startup founder, or aspiring to make your mark in the marketing world, let Sunny's words serve as a guiding light on your path to success. Don't forget to connect with Sunny on her website and social media channels to stay updated on her latest ventures and tap into more of her expertise. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Self Talk Show for more inspiring conversations and valuable insights from industry leaders, authors, thought leaders, coaches, mentors and other inspirational figures. You can also connect with me through social media at Self Talk Show or email me at showselftalk at gmail.com or through my website www.selftalkshow.com. Thank you for joining me on this incredible journey with Sunny Mega. Until next time, keep innovating, keep creating and keep making your mark in the world of entrepreneurship. Remember, your success story starts now.